Good evening, everyone. I'm Tim Tachi, as Danny Pierce was mentioning earlier, from Antioch, Roxbury. It's great to be here celebrating the birth of our Savior with our extended family here at Antioch Quincy tonight. We were just here last week, our family was here last week, and we've been partnering with Quincy on some great kingdom work this year, namely our trip to the Dominican Republic this spring, and of course, our softball championship. I'm sure there's nothing our Father in Heaven appreciates more than competition among fellow churches, right? Or sibling rivalry, so to speak. Ironically, both of those played out in the championship as we battled against my younger brother's church. Uh, So family, it's a complicated thing, right? Yet it's why we're here tonight. The family of God, that is the Father, the Spirit, and the Son, made a way for us to be adopted by sending the, the Son to be just like us, yet perfect. As Danny mentioned last week, God did not do this because of any lack or need in the Trinity. It's the perfect family. And God didn't invite us in because of anything that we've done. Yet God gives us the most extravagant gift, immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And God decides to kick off this rescue plan by creating an earthly family for Jesus. Let's ponder this mystery for a moment. God could have shown up in any possible form, as we just heard in that song, but he decided to send his son as a helpless baby. What I want to highlight tonight is just the act of Jesus coming to earth to be like us and with us as Emmanuel was a huge sacrifice in and of itself. And by sacrifice, I'm not jumping ahead to the crucifixion. I'm pointing out that despite having unlimited power and creating the entire universe, Jesus decided to empty himself, to put on our skin and bones with all its frailty, just to make a way for us to be a part of his family. Okay, so what can I do? Those are the words of my older son, Silas, when he was younger. How do we respond to this massive sacrifice and incredible gift? Wait, watch, worship, and witness. I'll say that one more time. Wait, watch, worship, and witness. Number one, wait. That's what every retailer has been telling you for the past six months, right? Pump your brakes. Don't buy that now. Wait until it's on clearance. No, not so much. But in contrast to our culture's weakness for instant gratification and busyness, God is looking for those who are waiting patiently for him to fulfill his promises that we heard about in Isaiah and Micah. Remember, it had been 400 years since Israel had heard any prophecy from God. Despite this silence, and being oppressed by the Roman Empire, we see signs of the faithfulness of God and his people with the stories of Zechariah and Elizabeth who waited past their childbearing years for the miraculous conception of John the Baptist. As well as the beautiful prophecies from Anna 
and Simeon who waited their entire lives to see the Messiah. I don't have time to unpack these stories right now, but if you feel like God has promised you something and you haven't seen it yet, wait for it. When the Israelites were rebuilding the temple, God spoke through the prophet Habakkuk in chapter 2, verse 3, saying, This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait for it. Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Several years ago at World Mandate, Brian Carlson, the pastor at Antioch Beverly, prayed those verses over Alyssa and me when we were just a team of five in Antioch Roxbury. Through God's faithfulness, we have seen four new believers baptized during that time, and we are now a body that is more than six times as many believers by waiting on God's guidance and watching him move. To God be the glory who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Active waiting leads to watching. Second W. When we wait expectantly for something or someone, we're looking for signs of arrival. That's what we're doing tonight. This Christmas Eve service is at night because traditionally it's a vigil. A vigil is a time of keeping awake to watch or to pray. Who else was keeping awake to watch while others had gone to bed? The shepherds. It's not an accident that the shepherds saw the angels and others didn't. Yes, God has a soft spot for shepherds. Think about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, and Amos. But the very job description of a shepherd requires you to make space to be alone in nature with God. A.W. Tozer, a pastor famous for having his wife sew knee pads into his pants so he could spend more time in prayer, wrote, More spiritual progress can be made in one short moment of speechless silence in the awesome presence of God than in years of mere study. If you're like me, one of the major challenges of silence and solitude is where your mind takes you. As I've been reflecting this Advent season on the mystery and sacrifice of the incarnation of God becoming like us, I found myself thinking about all the limitations babies have. Right, parents? Everything they see is a blur at first when they're newborn. They can't eat by themselves. Sometimes it feels like they can't sleep by themselves. Yet this is how God came to rescue us. Here are a set of contrasts or juxtapositions to help us revel in the enormity of Christ's sacrifice. The one word who uttered the universe into existence was unable to speak. The one before whom every knee will bow was unable to stand. The one whose eyes shine like flames of fire was unable to see. The one who prepares a heavenly dwelling for us was homeless. The one who holds all things together was swaddled and rocked and held and nursed and shushed and swayed. 
the one who breathed Ruach life into all mankind took his first gas of air in a Bethlehem stable. The one who makes all things new was starting a new life, just like one of us. If we truly take time to reflect on these things, how will we respond? In worship, third W. Oh, my soul praises the Lord. He has done great things for me, Mary says in her famous Magnificat in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. But we worship not only in word and song, but also in action. The wise men from the east dropped everything to find Jesus and bestow lavish gifts upon him. Perhaps they had some supernatural understanding of the gift of God, whose star they were witnessing and wanted to respond in kind with presence of their own. It foreshadows the sentiments of Jesus' command later in Matthew chapter 10, verse 18, where he says, Freely you've received, now freely give. And this brings us to our last W, witness. Y'all need Alyssa and Carrie Ann to preach this part because they're the evangelists in our body. But who are the witnesses in this story? Again, here come the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. Starting in verse 16, it says, They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Verse 17 says, After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. The good news of Jesus leaving everything and coming to be with us is too good to keep to ourselves. If there's only one takeaway from tonight, let it be this one. How is God inviting us to give of ourselves to see people brought into the family of God. I'll say that again. How is God inviting us to give of ourselves to see people brought into the family of God? I say give of ourselves because true love is about sacrifice, not some tongue-tied, weak in the knees, warm and fuzzy infatuation. As Jesus said to his disciples at the Last Supper, John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. As we considered the massive sacrifices Jesus made just to become like us, how can we share that love by sacrificing for others? As you ignite and pass the candlelight from person to person tonight, ask God who he's inviting you to share the light and love of Jesus with until he returns. In conclusion, tonight we are gathered together with saints all around the world to wait, watch, worship, and witness. May the world know that we are a part of God's family by the way we lay down our lives for one another, and may that love draw many others into the family of God.